0: Mr. Luke Clayton, what an absolute pleasure the last few days. Got a chance for you and I to finally get together again. We don't get together as often as we want to, I know, but uh, had an opportunity to go not very far from where you live there, not that far out of Dallas, Texas, and guess what? The squirrel season there was still going on in the area that we were in, and, and uh Ended up doing a little squirrel hunting through a friend of ours. Actually, he did the hunting more we yeah. we did. We kind of just did the looking, and then we got to calling coyotes a little bit as well too.
1: It was a fun day, folks. Larry came came by my house here. I do. I live about oh roughly twenty five miles southeast of Dallas, uh, in a little community, and uh, so it's right off the East Fork of River Drainage where I live and it, people would never, ever believe the, the wildlife that's out here. There's about a, you know, Larry, there's about a 2,500-acre uh, wetlands that's uh, devoted to, it's, it's, the reason for it is the water district built it years ago, but it's for uh, to cleanse the water out of the East Fork, and the water's pumped uh, 40 miles back upstream to Lake Levon and it's recycled. It cleans the water, but it's also managed for uh, waterfowl. So, well, I live between that and a twelve thousand acre cattle ranch, and it's all connected by a slough. The the two are, and this slough is it, it's right. It, it also is connected to twelve thousand acre cattle ranch. So there is a lot of game in here, and we did. We went over to my buddy, uh, and now your friend uh, uh, Kenneth Shepard. Kenneth is a shooter from way back. I don't care what whether it's arrows pellet guns <laughs> uh center fire rifles he, the 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 man shoots he you saw <laughs> you saw his rifle range that's what he does larry
0: <laughs> i'll tell you what it was absolutely fantastic i had been up for uh our monthly dsc foundation meeting and spent a lot of time of course at the dsc office and then it was ideal with the cost of fuel these days while i was up here to wait a minute let's let's go see what luke and i can go in get into and Sure enough, like I said, we went by. We spent a little time there at your cabin right by the house and went over to Kenneth and, and uh, started visiting with him. And gosh almighty, you talk about a lot of squirrels around. And oh. that kind of led to the squirrel hunt, didn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, well, w- would we call that an impromptu squirrel hunt? I guess we would.
0: We, that was, uh, yeah, it was even faster than an impromptu. <laughs> I think we were getting ready to uh, film an opening, actually, for a sportsman's life. and Yeah. And uh, Kenneth goes... Uh, there's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. We start looking around, <laughs> sure enough, there are about four, or five squirrels there, yep. just right behind us. And he goes, "You know, squirrel season's open where we are right now." And he said, uh, "I got a twenty-two. You guys want to see the squirrel?" And I go, "I'd love to film a squirrel and see one. You know, to get it on camera for the for the show we've, yep. like we've you know I've been talking about." Yep. And uh, next thing you know, he's got a got a twenty-two and um, a scope twenty-two and. My gosh, the squirrel hunt was on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was, and it, there was, our, our intent, folks, was to to film a coyote hunt, which we did do. Uh, but gosh, I don't honestly remember ever packing so much action on different species into a couple of three hours, you know. we can, the, That area has been restocked with Rio Grande turkeys. Now, there probably hadn't been a wild turkey in that part of the world, Larry, I don't know, since maybe the 40s, you know, but I had, the right. past century but I, I doubt seriously if there'd been any turkeys i know i've been out here for a quarter of a century just about and never you know no turkeys but now they were stocked three years ago and they're flourishing but the coyote population is great i hunt hogs a lot uh close to uh, my house you know right here by my house really and and there's a ton of wild hogs but being out in the e- late afternoon in the evening i hear packs of coyotes all around and Kenneth lives right there you know he lives where the coyotes are and he says he he you couldn't imagine that he'd never seen so many how the turkeys flourished I don't know you told me you said well, there are plenty sharp birds and how high uh, uh they keep their senses pretty well fine-tuned and I guess they just make it but we our goal was to to get well really the the primary goal was to get some get a coyote on the ground that was an exciting thing, and then the squirrel hunting was fun. But that coyote hunting and the way it unfolded, folks, was really exciting. Uh, this it this was. wasn't your typical, I mean. your typical your uh, typical modern day coyote hunt, really, was it? For several well, reasons,
0: you know, I, over the years I've been carrying a Burnham Brothers C3 long range predator call almost everywhere I go, even when I go to town. But I've carried it to Africa and I've had it in Europe and I've called up stuff there with it and all over North America and the mm-hmm. last couple of years been using it as well to call in mule deer, which is great success. I've called in probably oh my gosh, close to three hundred mule deer in the last couple of years using that call and, yeah. and then their short range call that Burnham Brothers puts out as well too. But the when you tell told me about let's consider a coyote hunt, I'd been talking about one to Come over and try to call coyotes here in the eastern part of the state, and uh, we're right on the verge. Of, and usually, March is a time when it can be pretty tough to call coyotes in a lot of places, simply because of the fact they're in, into the breeding season. And yeah, they do eat, but they're more interested in the breeding than they are the the you know the food side of things. So they can be really tough to call in. But you'd mentioned that there've been a lot of coyotes in that area, and then we talked to Kenneth, and he was talking about you know seeing them during midday. So. We just decided to see. If we could call one in midday and set up the first spot, and uh, right next to, the, to that slough. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think if we'd waited maybe a little bit longer, there were some bobcat tracks there as well too. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes you get a little anxious, and, and uh, so we decided to get up and move and, and move to a second spot, and, and uh, that's this got kind of exciting there for a little while
1: and it was midday folks it was the sun was overhead you know it's not a this wasn't an early morning or late afternoon hunt at all uh, so i had a a, a thermal i had a little 223 that i just put a thermal scope on a rattler it's called rattler thermal and i really love it but uh, you know it you can and you can use a thermal scope during the day but it's not ideal uh in my opinion just a regular four power standard scope during the daylight is way better but and i would never really used the the thermal during the day very much but i knew it would work so i had it mounted on this little 223 i packed it and i said kenneth you're probably going to do the shooting i'm going to have this thing just in case (laughs) you know and uh, i knew kenneth had plenty of stuff sighted in you know being the shooter that he is, and uh, he said, "Oh yeah, yeah." So he comes back out with a lever action, a Marlin uh, three seventy five, wasn't it, Larry?
0: That he had? Uh, it was a three seventy five Winchester. I think I can't remember. It was three thirty four or three thirty six model, and uh, open sights, horned uh, DMO, and yeah, you know, away we went. Like I said, the first <laughs> yeah. opportunity we called, and didn't really, nothing really came in. So we moved over to another spot, a little bit closer to an area. Of Really, almost right across the fence from where you used to hunt a lot.
1: Exactly and where it I was, yeah.
0: Set up where I could watch this open field, and, and you and Kenneth over oh, where well, you could watch the field too, but I got away from you just a little bit. Started blowing on that uh, C3 call, and, and uh, just kind of call a little bit and wait and call a little bit and about the second or third time. But I called, that we had a bunch of crows that came in, and I, I love for crows to come in when you're calling because – they get squawking and carrying on and that really makes it seem to a coyote or a bobcat that, you know, there really is something there. So they, yeah. they hung around a little bit and, um, uh, kept calling and finally looked across this field and I could see this, what first thought he was a deer it was long, probably about 152 yards back, kind of almost in the brush in the briars and could see this animal moving around, coming our way and then it disappeared. And, and, uh, Kept calling, hoffing on a little bit, and finally I could see, it's not a deer, it's a coyote. And the coyote would lay down, and, and um, I'd call a little bit and kept him interested. And finally I thought, well, he's, he's gotten used to the call that I'm making. I don't have another call with him, so I just started squeaking on my hand. You know, I'm using my lips and my my hand and go
1: so that okay. So that's what I was hearing. Okay, that's I, what you were hearing. All right. So I did okay. not have
0: a call though. All right. I called up a lot of crows, bobcats. I've and been
1: with you stuff. when you called them like that.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know, just like the back of your hand. You know, between your thumb and your fingers. That, yeah. And pop yep. there and just kind of lick it, get it wet a little bit, and just start start stuck in on it. Yeah. get Real close to them. And it's amazing. Oh, how well
1: that, it it. it it that perked him on that brought him in that closed oh, man, him didn't it? it.
0: it. It's what I started doing <laughs> that. And that was the convincer, and he he came in, and, and of course I, I had a Taurus forty four mag with me, topped with a Trigicon and, and little uh, F, I think that was, that was an SRO side,
1: yeah, yeah, and I
0: uh, some the ammo. And but I really wanted you two guys to shoot because yeah. I wanted to uh, I wanted to try to get the thing on film, and so I squeaked a little bit, and sure enough, he comes out and he. he Stands around a little bit and he moves around. And I'm, it, it's getting to the point to where he's out in the middle of the field, as far as I can tell, yeah. or almost in the
1: He was out in the open, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's behind a tree, kind of mm-hmm. a low hanging limb on a tree, so that there's no way that I can shoot inside. I really wanted Deer or Kenneth to pull the trigger. And I kept squeaking and he stopped and I felt the wind change. And, and uh, well, even though all my clothes that sprayed down were sent guardian, I've been in town and, all that kind of thing, you know, he may smell me. So I was going, please shoot. And about that time, I think Kenneth had moved around where he could get a better shot and he pulled the trigger at about a hundred yards on that 375 Winchester and, and, uh, (laughs) That cow went down in an absolute hurry.
1: He drilled him. He did. I was set up, Larry, with that. Well, of course, I had the thermal scope, right. and uh, I was looking back in the. I was looking back opposite from where you were back in the woods, think, right? You thinking because like, I've I hunted. You know, I've hunted so long there, right there, that there's a bunch of bobcats in that area. And I thought, well, there might be some one coming out of this area. But so I was facing that way. And then in the direction of the cow, there's a bunch of, uh, you, you, I'm sure you noticed, a bunch of low-growing br- brush right there. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I, I spotted him in the thermal, but there's no way I could shoot through that brush. You know what I mean? It was just uh, that little two twenty-three fifty 50 grain, uh, it would have deflected for sure. So I, oh, I, I just— yeah. By, by then I looked to my left and there was we were on the top bank of a of a little draw there. Kenneth had dropped down below an elevation and moved around about twenty five feet. And of course I lost sight of him, you know, around that uh, in that area. But next next thing I heard was a capal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's one that won't be killing goats and and baby fawns and you know, I read how many uh in an area with white tails how many that they the fawns that the that a coyote kills i just recently read that an average a study they did but it shocked me i mean how the how the white tail could ever survive in that uh it's just i guess the, the luck of the draw because you know the, the young the babies are sent free for a while but gosh if a if a cow stumbles up on them they're gone aren't they you know
0: yeah, and probably the the time when they're the the worst in terms of being predators on fawns. You know, for those first couple of weeks, those fawns will pretty much just lay there. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, it's horrible. I've seen fire ants just eat them up because they would not move. They
1: don't leave. Yeah. But, uh,
0: but then after about two weeks, going into that third week, all of a sudden something comes up, and by then they've that some of that instinct of just laying there is kind of is gone by the wayside, and they'll jump up and run. And of course. When they jump up and run, that's when the coyote or bobcat either one were going to get them kind of thing. So uh, that area's got a good deer population. You know, you guys want to keep it that way. And so predator control is, is just part of, of the overall management program. And as it worked out, that coyote that we shot was an old male. Uh, I'm not going to say he's ancient, but he was probably in the, the latter part of maturity kind of thing. And he was unbelievably fat.
1: Well, Larry, that was an exciting hunt that I never will forget, man. And I know uh, Kendall Shepard, our buddy, he's already texting me talking about it. They're telling me we're out of time for today's show, Larry. But thank you so much for being with me. And folks can go to catfishradio.org and listen to a lot more that you and I do together. What do you say we kind of get back together about this time next week?
0: I'm loving it already.